All healthcare professionals participating in this podcast are paid consultants of Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision Incorporated. Product indications and safety information will be available at the end of the episode. Welcome to this episode of Fine-Tuned. My name is Rana Jaraha, and today we'll be speaking with Dr. Blake Williamson of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who actually got LASIK surgery himself not too long ago. Welcome, Dr. Williamson. Hey, Rana. It's great to be here. After years of studying and performing LASIK surgery, you finally had your dad, Dr. Charles Williamson, perform it on you last year. Tell us about why you made the decision to get LASIK. Well, Rana, it's amazing how we get inertia and just deal with the problem rather than fixing it. And LASIK was that for me. I was about a minus two or minus 250 with two diopters of astigmatism at 90 degrees. So effectively, I was a minus one myope when you consider my spherical equivalent. I just never really knew what it was like to be Plano. Um, so for me, I just kind of squinted and adapted to it and was mostly functional for most of my life. And then in school, everything I did was at near. Um, and so, you know, having a little bit of a minus prescription wasn't a big deal. And when I graduated, I could adjust all of the surgical microscopes, like when I was in residency, uh, for my prescription. So for the most part, it didn't really affect my life too much. Just until the last couple of years is whenever I noticed it. Um, there had been times when I was sitting in the exam lane, checking the patient's vision after, you know, laser cataract surgery or LASIK. And I had to walk close to the screen because I couldn't even verify if they're reading the eye chart correctly. So, you know, my patient started uh, messing with me about it and, and uh, you know, I'm literally standing next to the screen, uh, squinting, trying to see what they just read, you know, from, from several feet away. So, and then also when I was lecturing or presenting at different congresses, I'd be at the podium and my colleagues would call me out because they could see me squinting or reading the monitor. So here I am, you know, talking, giving a lecture about LASIK and, I'm, I can't even see, you know, the notes I made on the subject. So finally, I decided enough was enough. And, uh, and uh, of course, I wish I'd done it earlier. You're like the cobbler's child who doesn't have shoes. What LASIK platform did your father use to perform your surgery? We're using the Visex S4 from Johnson & Johnson Vision along with the iDesign 2.0. And gosh, I got to tell you, that's another reason I should add uh, to my why now before we were using wavefront guided LASIK with the wave scan and getting really good results. But I started comparing outcomes with different systems and aberrometers and was really impressed with the iDesign 2.0. Using the iDesign, we are able to frequently achieve what I like to call superhuman vision. That's better than 2020. So usually 2015 and oftentimes 2010. I understand you compared your outcomes with the wave scan to your outcomes with the iDesign and you submitted your findings to be presented at ASCRS. Tell us about your results. Sure, Rana. I wanted to see if what I was looking at anecdotally happened to be verified by the data. So I took the data from the last 100 consecutive patients that I operated on with the wave scan aberrometer, and then the first 100 patients on whom I used the iDesign 2.0. And we analyzed their preoperative uncorrected distance acuity, their refractive error, and then the uncorrected distance visual acuity on day one, week one, week two, and one month post-op. In summary, what we saw was that more than 50% of the eye design patients achieved 2015 or better vision, and less than 33% of wave scan patients achieved the same 2015. So with the eye design 2.0, a much higher percentage of patients get that superhuman vision. 
Those are fantastic results. Do you see value in the PRK indication, and when would you use that? I definitely do a lot less PRK than I do LASIK, but we know that surface ablation with PRK is a good choice in certain high-risk cases. So when I have a patient that is indicated for PRK, it's great to be able to do it in a topography-integrated, wavefront-guided fashion. Also love the upgraded iris registration that's available with the iDesign 2.0. Good iris registration results in much better astigmatic correction. Okay, so you've studied LASIK, you've performed it, you've described the procedure to countless patients. When you got it yourself, was it what you expected? You know, for the most part, I think it was. Certainly, you do feel the suction cup attaching to your eye when the IFS is making the flap and your vision does go gray and dark for a few seconds, and that's a little unsettling. But I do think that surgeons also sometimes downplay the discomfort the day of surgery. There is definitely tearing and burning in the eyes, and it definitely takes a few hours to calm down. I just decided to take a nap, and by the time I woke up, I was feeling much better. Do you describe it differently to patients now? I do. I really explain how their vision will change for a second or two during the femtosecond laser flap creation. I didn't really hit on that a whole lot before, and also clearly describe what they will feel in those first 12 hours post-op. Now, post-op day one, your vision was 2015. Do you feel like you're seeing totally differently now? Yeah, it's totally different. And this is kind of cliche, but we have this big front porch and my wife and I um, like to sit out there and have our coffee in the morning. And it's amazing to actually look out and see the leaves on these huge oak trees that we have in the front. I used to not be able to see that at all or the squirrels running around. And I drive much more comfortably now, particularly at nighttime. Um, And at work, I don't have to squint to see the Stellan chart. So I can actually sit next to my patient and read all the way down to 2015 or 2010 with them. And then I also don't have to spend time dialing in my prescription into my different surgical microscopes like in the OR. So I feel like I can operate better, and it gives me an incredible amount of rapport to say to my potential LASIK patients, well, when I had LASIK, and it's amazing to see how their faces just kind of change, and they relax, and they immediately have confidence in me because I put my money where my mouth is. I've definitely benefited from this, both personally and professionally. Didn't you share your surgery on social media too? I sure did. And you can actually watch my entire surgery uh, live on our Facebook page. We did it on Facebook Live. And that's another great thing to share with patients. I always let them know you can go check out my surgery on your Facebook. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Williamson, for sharing your personal experience, both receiving LASIK with the Vizex S4 and iDesign 2.0 and performing surgery with it. And thank you to our audience for tuning in. In our second installment in this series, we'll be discussing the impact of meibomian gland dysfunction with Dr. Cynthia Matosian. Be sure to tune in. Indications and important safety information for the STAR S4 IR Eximer laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio Wavefront Guided LASIK and Monovision LASIK treatments. Indications The STAR S4 IR Eximer laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio is indicated for Wavefront Guided Laser Assisted In Situ Keratomyloysis LASIK to achieve monovision by the targeted retention of myopia, minus 1.25 to minus 2.0 diopters, in the non dominant eye of presbyopic myopes. 
40 years or older who may benefit from increased spectacle independence across a range of distances with useful near vision with myopic astigmatism up to minus 6.0 diopters spherical equivalent as measured by eye design refractive studio with cylinder up to minus 3.0 diopters and a minimum preoperative myopia in their non-dominant eye at least as great as their targeted myopia with an agreement between manifest refraction adjusted for optical infinity and eye design refractive studio refraction as follows spherical equivalent magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopters cylinder magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.50 diopters cylinder access if either the manifest cylinder entered into the eye design refractive studio or the eye design refractive studio cylinder selected for treatment is less than 0.50 diopters there is no requirement for access tolerance when both cylinders have a magnitude of at least 0.50 diopters the access tolerance is linearly reduced from 15 degrees 0.5 diopters to 7.5 degrees 7.0 diopter or greater based on the average magnitude of both cylinders with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of no more than 0.50 diopters in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination, and with a successful preoperative trial of monovision or history of monovision experience. The STAR S4 IR Eczema Laser System, an iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System, iDesign Refractive Studio, is indicated for wavefront-guided laser-assisted in situ keratomyloysis LASIK in patients with hyperopia with and without astigmatism as measured by iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System, iDesign Refractive Studio, up to plus 4.0 diopters spherical equivalent with up to 2.0 diopter cylinder. With mixed astigmatism as measured by iDesign Advanced Wave Scan Studio System, iDesign Refractive Studio, where the magnitude of cylinder 1.0 diopter to 5.0 diopters is greater than the magnitude of sphere and the cylinder and sphere have opposite signs with myopia as measured by eye design advanced wave scan studio system eye design refractive studio up to minus 11.0 diopters spherical equivalent with up to minus 5.0 diopter cylinder with agreement between manifest refraction adjusted for optical infinity and eye design advanced wave scan studio system eye design refractive studio refraction as follows spherical equivalent magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopters cylinder magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.5 diopter 18 years of age or older and with refractive a change of less than or equal to 1.0 diopter in sphere or cylinder for a minimum of 12 months prior to surgery. Contraindications. Wavefront-guided LASIK surgery is contraindicated in patients with collagen vascular autoimmune or immunodeficiency diseases, in pregnant or nursing women, in patients with corneal abnormalities including signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, epithelial basement membrane disease, EBMD, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea, in patients with symptoms of significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, LASIK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. Severe eye dryness may delay healing of the flap or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after LASIK. In patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma. In patients with advanced glaucoma, in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with documented evidence of a change in manifest refraction of more than plus 0.5 diopter in both cylinder and sphere components for at least one year prior to the date of preoperative examination. In patients taking medications with ocular side effects. Examples are isotretinone, Accutane for acne treatment, or amiodarone, hydrochloride, cordarone for normalizing heart rhythm. Warnings and precautions. Wavefront-guided LASIK is not recommended in patients who have systemic diseases likely to affect wound healing, such as autoimmune connective tissue disease, diabetes, or an immunocompromised status, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have severe allergies or a tendency to rub their eyes often, have glaucoma, elevated IOP, ocular hypertension, or being followed for possible glaucoma, glaucoma suspect, are taking the medication isotretinoin, Accutane, are taking anti-metabolites for any medical conditions. To reduce the risk of corneal ectasia, the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma should not be violated. 
please refer to the operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events, prior clinical study of monovision LASIK using the WaveScan Wavefront system Averometer supports the safety and effectiveness of eye-designed driven monovision LASIK treatment. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wavefront-guided monovision in presbyopic patients with low to moderate myopia and wavefront-guided myopic astigmatism, myopia, mixed astigmatism, and hyperopia. Indications and important safety information for the STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio for wavefront-guided photorefractive keratectomy, PRK. Indications. The STAR S4 IR eczema laser system and the iDesign Refractive Studio is indicated for wavefront-guided photorefractive keratectomy, PRK, in patients with myopia with or without astigmatism as measured by iDesign Refractive Studio system with spherical equivalent up to minus 8.0 diopter and cylinder up to minus 3.0 diopters with agreement between manifest refraction adjusted for optical infinity and iDesign Refractive Studio system refraction as follows. Spherical equivalent. Magnitude of the difference is less than 0.625 diopter. Cylinder. Magnitude of the difference is less than or equal to 0.5 diopter patients 18 years of age or older, with refractive stability, a change of less than or equal to 1.0 diopter in manifest refraction spherical equivalent for a minimum of 12 months prior to surgery, and with wavefront capture diameter of at least 4 millimeters. Contraindications. Eye design system driven PRK surgery is contraindicated in patients with any type of active connective tissue disease or autoimmune disease in patients with signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea in patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment, would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with active eye infection or active inflammation, in patients with recent herpes eye infection or problems resulting from past infection, in patients with significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, PRK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. Severe eye dryness may delay healing or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after PRK. Warnings and precautions. Eye design system driven PRK is not recommended in patients that have systemic diseases that may affect wound healing such as controlled autoimmune or connective tissue disease or controlled diabetes, have an immunocompromised status, or take medications that may result in a weakened immune system such as anti-metabolites for any medical conditions or affect wound healing such as isotretinoin, Accutane, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have glaucoma, in patients with a cardiac pacemaker, implanted defibrillator, or other implanted electronic device, have mild to moderate dry eye, have decreased vision in one eye, example, amblyopia. Surgeons are reminded that they should instruct the patient to fixate on the patient fixation LED during surgery with or without the use of the active track system. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events, please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wavefront-guided PRK patients with myopia and myopic astigmatism. Contraindications. Eye design system driven PRK surgery is contraindicated in patients with any type of active connective tissue disease or autoimmune disease, in patients with signs of keratoconus, abnormal corneal topography, and degenerations of the structure of the cornea, in patients whose corneal thickness would cause anticipated treatment, would violate the posterior 250 microns of corneal stroma, in patients with uncontrolled diabetes, in patients with active eye infection or active inflammation, in patients with recent herpes eye infection or problems resulting from past infection, in patients with significant dry eyes. If the patients have severely dry eyes, PRK may increase the dryness. This may or may not go away. Severe eye dryness may delay healing or interfere with the surface of the eye after surgery. It may result in poor vision after PRK. Warnings and precautions. Eye design system driven PRK is not recommended in patients that have systemic diseases that may affect wound healing, such as controlled autoimmune or connective tissue disease 
or control diabetes, have an immunocompromised status, or take medications that may result in a weakened immune system, such as anti-metabolites or any medical conditions, or affect wound healing, such as isotretinoin, Accutane, have a history of herpes simplex or herpes zoster keratitis, have glaucoma, in patients with a cardiac pacemaker, implanted defibrillator, or other implanted electronic device, have mild to moderate dry eye, have decreased vision in one eye, example amblyopia, surgeons are reminded that they should instruct the patient to fixate on the patient fixation LED during surgery with or without the use of the active track system. Please refer to operator's manual for a list of additional precautions. Caution, U.S. federal law restricts this device to sale, distribution, and use by or on the order of a physician or other licensed eye care practitioner who has been trained in the calibration and operation of this device. Adverse events, please refer to operator's manual for a list of adverse events and complications in clinical studies for wafer-guided PRK patients with myopia and myopic astigmatism. Important safety information for the IFS femtosecond laser. Indications, the interlace FS and IFS lasers are precision ophthalmic surgical lasers indicated for use in patients undergoing surgery or treatment requiring initial lamellar resection of the cornea and to create tunnels for placement of corneal ring segments in lamellar keratoplasty and corneal harvesting, in the creation of a corneal flap in patients undergoing LASIK surgery, and in the creation of a lamellar cut resection of the cornea for lamellar keratoplasty, interlace-enabled keratoplasty or IEK, and in the creation of a penetrating cut incision for penetrating keratoplasty or IEK. The IFS laser is also indicated for use in penetrating and or intrastromal arcuate incisions. Contraindications. Lamellar resection for the creation of a corneal flap is contraindicated in the presence of corneal edema, corneal lesions, hypotony, glaucoma, existing corneal implant, or keratoconus. IEK procedures and arcuate incisions are contraindicated in the presence of any corneal opacity adequately dense to obscure visualization of the iris, decimetaseal with impending corneal rupture, previous corneal incisions that might provide a potential space into which the gas produced by the procedure can escape, or corneal thickness requirements that are beyond the range of the system. Warnings. Check all treatment parameters for accuracy. Posterior depth should be programmed at least 125 microns above the corneal epithelium. Use of these laser systems allows laser surgical incisions up to 1,200 nanometers deep. Setting the posterior depth too deep could result in injury to other ocular structures. Use caution when setting cut position and cut angle to avoid overlapping arcuate incisions. The applanation lens becomes etched by the laser during the side cut procedures and must not be reused. Laser light will not effectively permeate an etched lens and the precision of the laser will be altered. Patient interface disposables should not be reused or re-sterilized. Precautions. A high level of surgical skill is required for these lasers. A surgeon should have successfully completed one or more training courses before attempting to create a corneal resection. The use of these lasers for IEK procedures or the IFS laser for arcuate incisions is not recommended for patients with severe corneal thinning, pre-existing glaucoma, a history of steroid-responsive rise in intraocular pressure, preoperative intraocular pressure greater than 21 micrometers of mercury in the operative eye, more than 1,200 nanometers of corneal thickness at the 9 millimeter peripheral zone, active intraocular inflammation, or active ocular infection or keratoconus. Adverse events. Possible complications resulting from LASIK flap creation include corneal edema, inflammation, corneal pain, epithelial ingrowth, epithelial defect, infection, photophobia, flap decentration, incomplete flap creation, flap tearing, or incomplete liftoff, free cap, inflammation, for example, diffuse lamellar keratitis, corneal infiltrates, or aritis, thin or thick flaps, or flap striae. Arcuate incision complications include corneal edema, inflammation, corneal pain, epithelial growth, epithelial defect, infection, photophobia, corneal endothelium perforation. Transient light sensitivity syndrome, TLSS, and peripheral light spectrum, PLS, have been sporadically reported and may occur following LASIK flap creation. TLSS is characterized by symptoms of mild to severe light sensitivity, which manifests between two and six weeks postoperatively. Patients experience no decrease in uncorrected or best spectacle corrected visual acuity. The incidence of the sensitivity is observed in approximately 1% of patients who undergo flap creation with either laser. Patients respond to the use of hourly topical steroids and most report improvement within one week of treatment. PLS is a temporary phenomenon whereby patients report the perception of a spoke-like spectrum of light in the periphery of their vision. PLS has no clinical examination findings and no effect on visual acuity. However, the potential diffraction effects may be bothersome to some patients. 
reported in only 0.03% of cases, the onset of symptoms occurs during the immediate postoperative period and typically resolves within three months, but may be slightly persistent in rare causes. The visual impact of PLS is clinically inconsequential for the vast majority of patients. Caution, federal law restricts this device to sale distribution and use by practitioners who have been trained in the calibration and operation of this device and who have experience in the surgical treatment and management of refractive errors. Thank you.